0: Welcome to the Disrupt Your Career podcast, brought to you by Claire Harbour
1: and Antoine Tirard. We're passionate about helping everyone find fulfillment in their work life.
0: We believe that big, messy, uncharted career changes are inevitable, and it's up to you to decide.
1: Will you take control and disrupt, or allow yourself to be disrupted?
0: We wrote the book about it. And now we share here our conversations with other thinkers in this crucial area.
1: Settle down and get ready to listen to this dose of wisdom.
0: All right. Well, on this edition of the special author chat, Disrupt Your Career, we're welcoming back our friend, Dr. Tomas Chamorro-Pramozic. He is a prolific author, but he has recently published a book called I, Human, which is a look at all the various and interesting impacts of AI and we're extremely happy to have you back. Thanks so much for calling in today.
1: Thank you for having me back. I really enjoyed our last conversation, Claire, so it's good to be back.
0: Wonderful. Okay, so let's start with the very obvious one. The book was published earlier this year, I think in early spring. Um, No doubt you've had some extraordinary response, but share with us, if you will, why you wrote the book, what seemed to you important about it, and what sort of audience you're targeting.
1: The book was originally planned as a more existential look at what it means to be human in today's world of work. And I always tell people the story that we signed the contract on February 2020. So, you know, the pandemic was already starting in some parts of the world, but not quite unfolding in the Western part I've written this book during the two-year period of isolation that most people experience in lockdowns and confines and being quite detached from in-person interactions with others and under the heavy influence of the algorithms and AI. So then the book became what it means to be human or how to be human in the age of AI. And I wanted to take a look at the most neglected aspect of the AI age which is humans. So it's a book about how artificial intelligence is changing the way we live and work. And the first half is a little bit gloomy and dark because it talks about the negative influence that AI has had on us already, making us more boring, more predictable, more biased, more narcissistic, and quite impulsive and more distracted. And the second part is about how we can reclaim our humanity in an age in which we can expect technology to continue to upgrade itself but we need to not downgrade ourselves so just because we have generative ai doesn't mean we have to degenerate ourselves or humanity
0: okay beautiful i love that fact it's not a zero sum game we can if we play it right we all benefit if we're playing it right but i guess that's the big question
1: that's a big question exactly and It's interesting that some people read the book and find that I'm uh, sort of definitely a gloomy and apocalyptic pessimist. Others, especially given the coverage that AI is getting today, find it uncomfortably optimistic. The reality is that I see the potential, but it's not a given. I don't take for granted that we will realize that potential. So it's really a call to action to get our act together, to actually leverage this technology to augment us as opposed to diminish or reduce us.
0: Beautiful. So obviously, we want the audience to go out and buy your book and read it from cover to cover. But given that not everybody will, what would be the main messages and ways of thinking that you derived in the book that you would like to share with us today?
1: Yes. And, you know, I reminded myself to show it because I have it here. And I think the main reason to buy it is that it's actually not very long. It's written for the AI age and knowing there's a whole chapter on destruction and lack of focus, knowing that people hardly read these days, especially if it's very long. So it's a very quick read. And I would say the main messages are twofold. One, that we have spent the last 10 years or so worrying in a quite paranoid way about whether artificial intelligence would equal or even surpass human levels of intelligence. And in that process, where AI tried to become more human-like, we actually became more like machines and more robotic and more boring. So, you know, I'm trying to position this book as a mirror that I hold in front of the reader so that he or she can question their habits and recover some of the more fulfilling flourishing or creative activities that were once more typical than they are today. That's the first kind of key message. And the second one, I would say, is that even though we have seen a lot of examples where AI has broken bad and algorithms have gone rogue in a way, actually, we may just maybe have invented something that has the potential to de-bias systems and organizations. So humans are biased by design. If you show me a human, I know there is a biased creature there. But maybe part of this extension of human intelligence, which is AI, has the ability to actually identify some of the hidden dynamics that underpin social relations, and group relations at work. So imagine that this could be a tool that is like an X-ray machine that enables us to go into organizations and actually identify the gap between what people actually, the value they create or what they deliver, and how successful or how rewarded they are in that organization. So I'm trying to raise awareness as to the opportunity to use this tool to de-bias systems and organizations, including, by the way, improving diversity and inclusion.
0: I was gonna say that sounds like the most obvious, easy way to tackle it. Though I'm fascinated, and maybe there's some case in the book that you talk about, about the gap between the current ways that are supposedly de-biasing uh, diversity and inclusion, things like you know, video interviews that we know were made by male, white engineers. And so however hard they try to be unbiased, of course they're biased. How does AI take us further? in that field.
1: Also, by the way, using video interviews to record an interview, but then having middle-aged white male engineers watch the interviews and rate the candidates. That obviously doesn't get rid of the bias or the same hiring <laughs> so <doesn't>. managers, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. So the important thing is that with algorithms especially now that we've moved from more black box ai models that were just kind of prediction machines that didn't explain anything and you didn't know why there was a connection between why when a happened b happened to white box models that you can basically open up and understand the recipe that underpins algorithms and do experiments little by little trial by trial what happens when you have a more diverse group of people code for what's a good performer or what's a yeah. bad performer. So basically, AI enables you to find better ways of being wrong and incrementally drive small improvements over the status quo. Perhaps the simplest way to illustrate that is like you can train a chatbot or an algorithm to predict who gets promoted in a company, but if you only train it to learn and replicate what happened in the past, you're probably not going to get Absolutely. different or better. Mm. But if you actually train algorithms... To ignore what happened in the past and to look for signals of empathy, curiosity, integrity and intelligence, you're probably going to end up with better leaders and they're going to look very differently because don't forget that AI is very good at unlearning things. It can unlearn that the candidate is white or black, male or female, young or old. It doesn't have opinions about attractiveness. Fundamentally, algorithms don't have a fragile self-esteem that they need to protect Mm -hmm. by bringing other people down. I mean, maybe that will be the evolution of AI, neurotic AI, AI that gets paranoid from other competitive AIs and tries to (laughs) prejudice against them. But we're not quite there yet.
0: Yes, indeed. So you've given some wonderful examples already. If you had to pick one particular case study or story that stands out for you, above all others or that you want simply to impart to us, what would it be?
1: Oh, well, this is a great question. Look, I there's one chapter about how we could use AI to de bias us and make us more open-minded. And I talk about, you know, not open AI, which is obviously the company that made ChatGPT or generative AI famous, but open-minded AI. And I talk about a world in which all the algorithms that impact us, recommendation engines in Spotify, Netflix, Amazon, Tinder, even Twitter, LinkedIn, etc., that create this very cushy filter bubble and that allow us to exist in this echo chamber where we are only exposed to the things we want to hear and the things we want to see. Mm -hmm. Imagine that we retool the algorithms to show us things we don't like but we should consider in order to become a more open-minded version of ourselves. So imagine you go on an online or mobile dating site and it recommends you people who you will really dislike, but they might make you more open-minded. Or imagine that your newsfeed is customized to give you all of the political views you dislike and all the news of the world. So obviously this would lead to the massive exodus or defection from these platforms onto other platforms that give us what we want to hear and see. The point I'm trying to make here is not AI that is biased, it's humans that are biased and who love their biases, especially because we don't recognize them as such. 95% of humans see themselves as open-minded, and typically that leads to them hanging out with people who are exactly like them and increasingly becoming more tribal and polarized. I try to show how, as AI resembles us more and more, we dislike it more precisely because it augments or reflects our least desirable features.
0: I love that. Or perhaps I hate that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But it's a fascinating idea, definitely. Sounds like, you know, lining up a myriad of teenagers to ask all the disobliging questions and push us in directions that we wouldn't otherwise go. Wonderful. Have you got another book in the pipeline?
1: No, and you know, I'm still recovering from this one. I always say I've never run a marathon, nor do I think I will, because I find you know the preparation, the training, etc. I have lots of friends who do this, but I always feel writing a book must be a bit like running a marathon or maybe having a child, which I haven't done either, as in, kind of, you know, I didn't give birth to one. In that, for me, every time. I finished one. I promised myself that I will never do another one because there's so much work. But then there's always an idea that is kind of itching, and that I find it helps you clarify your thinking about certain things when you write it. And with this one, you know, I'm very fortunate because. Just like the previous book, Rose to Fame, you know, why so many incompetent men become leaders and how to fix it, rose to fame because of certain political events that were happening, particularly in the U.S. and the U.K. (laughs) This one, I thought, would be destined to obscurity, but it was published on the same week that OpenAI launched ChatGBT. So now I'm very busy talking about this book because people are wondering, you know, what it means to be human in an age in which we can even outsource our thinking and our creative skills to machines. And that's basically what the book is about.
0: Beautiful. You're speaking in many places, no doubt many of them closed and corporate and so on. Is there anywhere that you'll be speaking publicly that we can direct our listeners to?
1: Yes, absolutely. There's one conference that I'm doing very soon in Dublin, and it's IBEC, which is the Institute, I think, probably of business or something. But it's an open conference for mostly HR leaders. I think there's something like 600, 650 people. That's in October the 25th. And I'll be talking about this book. And basically, my keynote is Risks and Opportunities in the Human AI Age. So you can look up IBEC Dublin Leadership Summit and my name and it will come up.
0: Wonderful. We'll find the link. Tomas, it's been, as ever, an absolute pleasure having you on here. Um, The book sounds wonderful. I'm going to be sticking it right at the top of my Amazon list. And uh, along with all the other algorithm books for me, (laughs) it's a real pleasure. I know that the audience is going to love this and we'll look forward to getting you back when the next book comes out, but not quite yet. Anytime. Thank you.
1: We hope you enjoyed hearing from this month's guest as much as we did.
0: Do go and check out our work on disrupt-your-career.com and come back soon. Thank you.